Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Alright folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by our good friends over at Superbook Sports. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, and I am excited to talk about last night's Denver Nuggets win as the Nuggets defeat the Los Angeles Clippers on the road without their stars. Final score, 113-104. This was a tremendous win. This was, there's just no other way to say it. This was awesome. This was exactly what you're hoping for from a Nuggets team without their stars. And they absolutely dished it out to a Clippers team that frankly was just sad. Like there's, there's just a lot to dislike, despise, just feel bad for, for the Clippers, but we're not going to focus too much on that. Although I will be talking about the fact that Paul George had six points on 13 shots I will be talking about the fact that James Harden had 11 points and four assists. And I will be talking about how Kawhi Leonard, all he did during this game was hunt out free throws. He was trying to go get shooting fouls last night, and that's all he was really capable of doing for some reason. I'm I'm not really sure why that was. But Denver survives. Denver advances. Denver does exactly what they need to do on the road in a situation like this. And it's a nice reminder, and I'll be talking about that in the second segment, a nice reminder that the Nuggets are not just Nikola Jokic. The Nuggets are not just Jamal Murray. They're not just Aaron Gordon. Those guys might be the best players, but there is a championship-level culture here that extends beyond those three, that extends beyond even the players that were able to figure some stuff out. So, um... Cooley Fabrizio says, what about MPJ and his awful game? Why are you here? (laughs) Like, we don't care. Denver just won a game without their three best players. Like, why would you start off this comment section with that particular comment? That is just disrespectful as hell. And he also made the clutch dagger at the end of the game and played good defense on Kawhi Leonard throughout the night. I do want to make that clear. So, There's a lot to like about this game. There was a lot to like. There was a lot to enjoy. And a lot of people, I think, including me, got to kind of put their foot in their mouth on this one because did I expect Reggie Jackson to be making an impact at the beginning of the season? Not really. Did I expect DeAndre Jordan to be making an impact at all? No, not at all. Lo and behold, Denver's vets, they come up with something. They come up with a massive, massive performance on the road without your best players. And it, like like I said, it's just a nice reminder that this extends beyond Denver's best players, even if they are at the heart of what's going on here with the Nuggets. So let's talk about this. It was very, very impressive. Uh, but I think we should start off with Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan. 
who were the stars of last night and were absolutely killing it, doing great things throughout the evening. But Reggie specifically, I mean, how could you not love this performance by Reggie Jackson? How could you not love his ability to generate any shot that he wanted against a team that's supposed to have some of the the best defenders in the NBA? Nah, that's not even close. Reggie Jackson in 40 minutes, 35 points on 15 of 19 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, only 2 of 4 from the line. Got to improve on those free throws, guy. Uh, But, I mean, he was still a plus 25. He had 13 assists compared to two turnovers. He was absolutely dominant and absolutely locked in from the moment this uh, this game tipped off. He basically had 18 points and six assists in the first half and then 17 points and seven assists in the second half. That dude put together some amazing plays. And it didn't matter what the Clippers threw at him. There were times where they put Kawhi Leonard on him. There were times where they put Paul George on him. Terrence Mann spent most of the time on Reggie Jackson. It just did not matter. And there were a variety of reasons for that. But a couple that I want to point out up front. Reggie was just so definitive and locked in in this game that he was able to kind of say, screw it, let's not think about this too much. Let's just play high pick and roll. Let's just play isolation basketball and hunt the mismatch. Let's simplify what we're trying to do and run some screens here and there and try to get downhill. That was his entire goal. That was what his his mentality was clearly, was let's try to get into the paint. And he did a fantastic job of it. Uh, dished out the, the, the rock from under the rim several times. There were a couple of whip passes that he had from uh, the top of the key. There were a couple of, that he had from the paint out to three-point shooters. He set up Justin Holiday multiple times. He set up KCP multiple times, even though KCP had a bad game himself. Uh, my, Michael Porter Jr. had a bad game. Reggie Jackson tried to get him uh, as many opportunities as he did. And I, if I recall, I think that Reggie Jackson assisted on that final three that Michael Porter hit to basically ice the game. So there was a lot to like about Reggie's game. And it might have been the most complete game he has ever played in his entire life. Maybe. <laughs> it's very possible. He is... Very, very impressive. And to have actually 35 points and 13 assists in a game, like you're dominating the basketball. You're doing, like he he had the basketball more than anybody last night. And I also, like, gosh, this comment section needs to chill on Michael Porter. Like, what is going on here? I, I do not understand. Um, like, who cares? Like, the... the how can how can this be a topic in this comment section right now? Like, come on. This is just very, okay, whatever. The Nuggets were needing a leader. They needed somebody who could be dynamic. They needed somebody who could go off the dribble and create their own shot. And Reggie did exactly that. But he wasn't by himself. He got help. And the main way that he got help was with screens. Was with screens and dives to the rim. And it is just awesome the way that DeAndre Jordan, out of nowhere, came in like uh, like The Undertaker, basically, and just wreaked havoc on the Los Angeles Clippers in their own building. It was awesome to see. They combined for five alley-oops, Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan. 
I don't know if anybody expected that. I certainly didn't expect that from DJ. I know he's still got some ups. I know he's still got some athleticism. It's not entirely gone. But to be able to do that over the course of an entire game and to play as many minutes as DJ did, DJ played 34 minutes last night after not playing the entire season. That's what you call staying ready. That's what you call just locking in, doing exactly what the team asks of you, filling in a role, and that's an incredible way to be a veteran on a team. Never complains, never asks for more playing time, never makes it known that he's unhappy about a situation, even if Zeke Naji has been struggling for basically the entire year. DeAndre Jordan comes in, does his job, sets screens, frees up Reggie Jackson, operates at the high post really well and passes guys open five assists on the night and only two turnovers. And I think one of those might've been a screening foul. So this was a great, great DeAndre Jordan game, but his combination with Reggie specifically was exactly what you're hoping for. I saw some comparisons obviously last night between Nicole Jokic and Jamal Murray and DeAndre Jordan and Reggie Jackson. There was a stat that was going around. I believe it was a duo has never combined for 55 points. Are the only, there are only three duos in the entire NBA that have ever combined for a specific number, uh, 55 points, 15 rebounds, 15 assists, and then shooting 75 plus percent from the field or something like that. And those three duos are now John Stockton and Karl Malone, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> like it was a magical night. And for any like nobody could say otherwise. This was exactly what the Nuggets needed in order to get this win. And it was so improbable and so impossible that no other duos have ever done anything like this before. Those guys were combining for exactly what the Nuggets needed, and they absolutely did a Stockton and Malone impression, a Jokic and Murray impression. Frankly, a Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan impression, if you're, if you're throwing it back to Lob City. This was one of those games that you're going to be reminded about every so often and think back to the Reggie Jackson and DeAndre Jordan game. This was a revenge game for both of those guys where they're facing off against a former team in the Clippers. Reggie plays 40 minutes and locks in against three other, like, like four other guys that have basically been an MVP consideration with Harden, Westbrook, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Like, they basically chose Russell Westbrook over Reggie Jackson, uh, the Clippers did last year. And that's why Reggie Jackson is a member of the Nuggets. They basically decided, you know what? We are not happy with your point guard play. We're going to go a different direction. And then they've been searching and searching and searching for other point guards. They even came up with James Harden. And there was no question who the best player on the floor was last night. Just zero. It wasn't Kawhi Leonard. It wasn't Paul George. It wasn't James Harden. And it wasn't any of the other Nuggets guys other than Reggie Jackson. That was that's unbelievable. Uh, but, I mean, I'm just as impressed by DeAndre in this situation because this, like I said, it was his third game of the year. He hasn't been getting these reps. He hasn't been getting comfortable within the offense, within the situation. He just kind of had to walk into the situation and was like, okay, let me do what I know what I can do. Let me set the table like a Nikola Jokic. Let me try to make guys' lives easier. And DeAndre Jordan did exactly that. He was a plus 17 in 34 minutes. 
Think about how often we've complained about DeAndre Jordan's plus minus of the last year and a half, basically. How often we've complained about, oh man, if only Denver had a backup unit behind Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. Well, maybe they found something. And we'll talk about that in the next segment. Uh, But let's continue to talk about this game. Denver didn't just have it with those guys. Like I mentioned, Michael Porter makes a big, big three. He also played some good defense on Kawhi. Wasn't the only guy that played defense on Kawhi. They were running a, a whole bunch of switches, and especially late, uh, there were a bunch of cross matches and things like that. But Kawhi shot 10 of 26 with Michael Porter as the primary defender. Porter did a good job. Like, I know people are going to look at the shooting. Yeah, Porter went 3 of 13. Paul George went 2 of 13. Paul George is supposed to be way better than Michael Porter. He's like, he is an all-star. He's somebody who's established in this league. He had a pretty easy matchup if, if for all things considered. Like, there should have been no reasons why Paul George should have had a worse game than Michael Porter. Michael Porter was supposed to be the first option tonight. It didn't ultimately work, and the Nuggets ultimately pivoted to Reggie and DJ pick and rolls and just spammed the hell out of that action, and that seemed to work pretty well. But... Mike still found ways to contribute. He grabbed 10 rebounds. He had three assists. I know some people were talking about, how Michael Porter doesn't pass. He had three assists last night. What do you want? Like, that's a, that's a good number for him. And especially when he doesn't hold the ball a ton. He wasn't holding the ball a ton. He took 13 shots and had three assists. Like, that's not that bad. And only one turnover. Yes, he committed five fouls. Yes, there were some times where guys scored on him or maybe he took a, a shot that missed here or there. But overall, like, Mike stuck it out, the Nuggets stuck with him, and he made an important shot that counted. Credit to KCP as well, who shot 3 of 14, even worse than Mike. And he still found ways to contribute too. His defense on Paul George was great. It was just great, and that's exactly what Denver needed. Justin Holiday, I didn't even mention him yet. He started in place of Aaron Gordon, basically. 12 points, 6 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 steal. Five of eight from the field, two of four from three. Some of the shots that he hit, especially there was a left corner three right in front of the Nuggets bench off of a relocation. I think it was an offensive rebound and then kick out. That's exactly what you need. (laughs) Like Justin Holiday stepped right into that role that the Nuggets had for him, that they laid out for him and was like, you know what? Sure, I got you. I got you. And that was very cool as well. There's just a lot to love. There has been a lot to like about Denver's veterans. He... Justin Holiday deserves a ton of praise as well, uh, along with a guy like DeAndre, where those guys, they never know when they're going to play. I think, obviously, they knew pretty well last night that they were going to play. But throughout the year, never hear a peep, never hear any unhappy words. They just come in, do their job. And the first game with DeAndre wasn't great, but the second game was pretty good. And this last game was even better. Pretty interesting to see. Pretty interesting to see how Denver has stepped up to the challenge here after a pretty bad road uh, road record of, and what has really kind of turned into a way better road record than I expected. Um, or a way worse road record than I expected, excuse me. They're only four and six, but to get this one when you don't have any of your stars, when you don't have Jokic, when you don't have Murray, when you don't have Gordon, that is such a big deal. And... Now we can talk about the bench. Peyton Watson comes in late last game. He missed a layup and 
there were a lot of people that pointed that they're like, what are you doing, Peyton? As it turns out, Russell Westbrook, it looks like he deflected that ball. So it was a block. It was not just a layup that uh, Peyton Watson missed. He should have dunked it, sure. Uh, but he also had op- other opportunities that he could make some plays and ended up finishing the game with three stocks, two steals and a block, had a late defensive steal on James Harden and had a late bucket over Russell Westbrook. Like with the clock winding down, Denver needed something, anything, and he finished a play. And then he had a, the final dunk of the night, basically, uh, which gave Reggie, I believe, his 13th assist, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so Peyton Watson, playing great over the course of these last two games, these last two days. And it didn't look and feel perfect. But in this particular matchup, especially without Aaron Gordon out there, Denver needed another long athletic defender, somebody that they could count on. Peyton Watson, zero fouls. Zero fouls in 24 minutes was a plus two, even when Christian Brown was a minus 19, when Zeke Naji was a minus 13. Those are guys that he shared the floor with initially. So wouldn't have surprised me if Peyton Watson had kind of struggled in the plus minus department, but he still managed to be a plus two because his ability to uh, kind of mold around what the Nuggets needed last night, kind of be a complimentary piece and then just play his defensive role was really, really impressive. It's been a while since Peyton Watson's played 24 minutes. Been a while since they've been able to count on him like that. And that was really, really good to see. Um, Julian Strother also played pretty well off the bench, I thought, was a plus nine in his 19 minutes. Uh, nine points, three rebounds, one assist, one block. Uh, the block that he had, oh yeah, that's a good one to talk about. Uh, the block that he had helping over on Daniel Tice, stuffing him at the rim. Like, this is one day, one day, after Victor Wembanyama nearly ended his life. <laughs> like He goes back up and goes right back to the rim and goes right back to challenging the big on the roll and blocks Daniel Tice clean and just basically like, knocks Daniel Tice to the ground because he wasn't expecting that kind, of, that kind of challenge, that kind of physicality. Julian Strother was right there, all six foot seven of him, jumped right up and contested that shot just like, like any good defensive player should. And I've been so impressed by Strother. Like, sometimes he looks like a rookie. Sometimes, and, and that's that's exactly how it should feel. Like, he's inconsistent at times, like many other young players. And there's still some things that he's got to learn. But if he can provide that level of effort, if he can provide that level of knowledge and ability to rotate over, be the low man in pick and roll sometimes, be somebody who, when you're in a consistent scheme, you know if you are the guy that's on the high side there, if you're the guy that's kind of stepping up on the pick and roll, you know that Julian Strother's got your back. That's something that you kind of have to build over time if you are a, a guy like, I don't know, Reggie Jackson or any any veteran on the team that you got to know that the rookie's going to come over. And it, it might be a little bit stressful here or there, especially if they miss an assignment here or there. But if Strother can make those plays, if he's a guy that just fills in his assignment more consistently, uh, just like he did last night, then I, I think he's got to play. <laughs> like, There's a lot of guys that, like Christian Brown's got to play, Julian Strother's got to play, Reggie Jackson's got to play off the bench, Justin Holliday is really making a case here too, Peyton Watson over the course of these last couple of days has made a case too. There's been a nice little galvanization 
is what I'm going to call it, over of the bench guys over the course of these last couple days. You get off the road. You then go have to go back on and go on the second night of a back-to-back to the Clippers. And you don't know who's going to show up. Well, it turns out Strother showed up. Watson showed up. And you had a couple of other guys that showed up too. So that was really nice to see. And I think that there's there's a lot to like. There's a lot to feel a lot better about. Basically, 72 hours ago, we were wondering, is, is Denver, like, are they going to have to make trades? Are they going to have to make free agency signings? Is this going to have to be something where you just don't know what's going to happen? No, they just had to play better. And sometimes you maybe just need that patience. And maybe the road trip was affecting them even more than we thought it would. And they'll get back to it. They'll play better. And when Murray comes back, they'll play better too. So it's going to be very, very interesting to see. I am looking forward to sort of tracking this throughout the year. When we come back, I want to talk about the Clippers a little bit. I want to talk about championship level culture and and what it means and, and how it really showed its face last night and just everything that sort of comes with that. But first, everybody, you can win a trip to the biggest football game of the year courtesy of Superbook Sports. Superbook will fly you and a friend to Las Vegas for February's championship game, and they'll give you two tickets to that game, plus a three-night hotel stay. All you have to do is place a $25 same-game parlay between now and January 7th, and you're automatically entered to win. So wager and win a super trip to Las Vegas courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Appreciate all the love and support. Make sure to like the video and subscribe down below if you're new. Uh, really appreciate it. If you're hanging out with me on a on noon on a, on a Tuesday, thank you so much. Uh, this should be a very, very interesting time, and I am looking forward I'm seeing... Uh, okay, so seeing this this little faint line here. This is the, the slats on my blinds, uh, which are, uh, are closed right now. It's just a uh, Okay, I'm finding it. There, there it is. Okay. Um, all right. Thank you so much. Uh, love, love to always uh, provide the comedy for for Nuggets Nation. That's that's my role within this uh, within this ecosystem. All right. Let's talk about the Clippers for a second. That is a team that is clearly not a championship team. They're seven and nine. They're now five and three at home. They had been going through a losing streak, but they had also won four of their last five. They had started to figure some things out. Harden was playing a little bit better, setting up guys. Kawhi Leonard playing better. Paul George uh, doing some things. Like still, like the last time Denver faced the Clippers, 
I was really impressed with Paul George. Clearly not impressed with Paul George last night, that's for sure. Uh, but they had figured some stuff out. Daniel Tice playing pretty well for them. Russell Westbrook not necessarily playing well, but adjusting to a roll off the bench. And it's interesting to see how they have evolved and, and what they clearly are lacking is belief. And they are clearly lacking like championship stuff. Like It's hard to describe because you would think that a team with that much talent would be able to come up with something. But they just do not have enough guys that are willing to do the dirty work. Ivisa Zubac, I give him a ton of credit because he is one of the only guys that seems willing to do it. Eight offensive rebounds last night in 32 minutes. Did a great job of really putting pressure on the rim, doing some different things. He couldn't defend the pick and roll though. And they needed to have somebody else kind of rotate over and help out. And they had nothing. They had absolutely nothing. There was nobody that could really provide any resistance. There was nobody that could provide any on-ball defense. And Kawhi Leonard, like, as much credit as he gets for various things, is not that level of defender anymore. Reggie Jackson didn't feel him in any way, shape, or form. There were times where, yeah, Kawhi stepped up in a, in a fourth quarter possession at various points, and maybe Reggie missed one here or there. But it just is so funny the way that these things work, where Denver loses their three top players. They travel on the second night of a back-to-back. And yes, you could say the Clippers probably underestimated them. They clearly should have, because when you when you lose a guy like Jokic and you lose a guy like Murray, those are the guys that kill you every single time they face you. So not really surprised to say that the Clippers, yeah, they probably should not have... Like, they probably should have thought they were going to win this one easy. And frankly, I thought that they would. But I also thought that they would take the game seriously. And there were so many possessions where, man, how did Reggie sneak in for that offensive rebound? How did Denver dig that loose ball out? Wait, they got that play in transition and none of the Clippers really got back. Or why did that Clipper go one on four in that possession when all they had to do was just wait for the rest of their guys. There's too many of those plays with the Clippers. There's too many of those. And it's not a surprise to me that they have struggled and that a team like the Nuggets can really rattle them. Because one thing that you really see with this Nuggets team, there are so many wings. There are so many guys with wing size. I mean, look at the rotation that Denver had from last night. Reggie and DJ are point guard and center. Zeke is... I'll call him a 4.5, basically. Everybody else is like wing-sized. KCP, Justin Holiday, Michael Porter, a little bit big for a wing, but he's still a forward. Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, Julian Strother. You got six different guys. And Denver just switched a lot. They just switched and they guarded and they competed and they were everybody was clearly locked into the game plan. They knew exactly what their assignments were. And... They took that seriously. They absolutely did. And it felt like the Clippers didn't. It felt like they were just trying to ease into the game at various points and see what happens. And yeah, they they went up in the third quarter. That's when good teams are supposed to make their run. But then Kawhi Leonard came out of the game. Paul George came back in. 
And Paul George had nothing. Paul George had nothing for that game. Russell Westbrook really had nothing for that game. He had some good possessions. Russ did. He's five of nine from the field. But Russ was a minus 11. He was tied for the team worst in plus minus. Was not a good defensive player. There's not a lot of good defense being played by the Clippers. And they just feel like a team that's entirely disconnected and disjointed and have a lot of different individual parts that have zero way of connecting. And I think part of that just comes from Denver winning a championship and the Clippers never having guys that have won championships. Like, how many guys on that roster have actually won? I don't know. Like, Kawhi has won. He deserves that. But he's also kind of his own element, you know? Like, he was superfluous in the San Antonio Spurs run. And then in the Toronto run, he joined a team kind of as a mercenary superstar for a team that had already established their own culture. And Kawhi was kind of independent of that. So, like, yeah, they they celebrated with him and everybody's happy for him. And, like, he helped lead them and was the best player on that team. There's no doubt. But did he learn those lessons of what it means to be a championship-level team and a championship-level culture? I don't know. I don't know. Paul George hasn't. Zubach hasn't. Harden certainly hasn't. Terrence Mann's been on the Clippers his entire career. P.J. Tucker, for all, like, he definitely... he. Should have championship culture, but he only played six minutes, and he was a plus three. Led that team in plus minus. Tice, no. Russell Westbrook, no. Norman Powell, no. Just not a lot of guys that have really done it before. And to me, they feel like a team that has not learned the lessons that the Nuggets learned last year. Where it doesn't always have to be your stars. It could be the guys that are giving you energy. It could be the guys that know when to lock in at a consistent basis, know how to play defense, and know how to just find that extra gear. Because there wasn't an extra gear from the Clippers last night. They were a little bit more physical in the second half. But then they kind of faltered in that fourth quarter. And it looked like they were on their heels the entire time while Reggie Jackson was just dicing everybody up. Reggie and DJ, they learned a little bit. They learned a little bit from the Nuggets championship run last year. They've been around the block. They know exactly what happens. KCP, he was in the grill of Paul George the entire night. Michael Porter, despite the fact that he struggled with his own shot, he was playing great defense, rebounding. He got some tough rebounds and was very physical throughout the game. It was very impressive. And then Denver, they're imparting these lessons on their young guys throughout the season. They had to go through those trials and tribulations on the road early on. And you start to realize, man, they're learning in real time. That it doesn't matter sometimes that you don't have Nicola. You don't have Jamal. You don't have Aaron Gordon. Those guys will be the anchors of the championship run. There's no doubt in my mind that that will eventually happen. But it is nice to have games like this that are what I'm calling a championship level reminder. That this team is not just Nikola Jokic. I've tried to talk about this before. Some people get offended when I say things like that because Nicola would say it, which is really funny. Nicola would say, hey, there's a whole bunch of other guys on this team that help out, that do their part, that do their role. And yes, Nicola's role is the largest of pretty much anybody in the world. And he fills it to the best of his ability and just does a great job. And Murray, 
formed that dynamic duo with him, especially in the playoffs last year. And it was just awesome to see. And yet it doesn't always have to look like that. All of these guys are pros. All of these guys are vets. And the young guys are learning their lessons too. They were able to step up and Peyton Watson was able to step in and fill a role within a, like he was asked to do a very narrow thing in the last three minutes of the game and did his job. Julian Strouder asked to do a very narrow role, did his job, figured some things out. And he also has some experience from Gonzaga. So I'm not surprised that he was able to kind of impact the game in a positive way. Usually in that role, it's Christian Brown. Christian Brown had a bad game. It was like minus 19 in 12 minutes. Like it was not a good game for Christian Brown, but it doesn't matter because Denver has guys that can step into that. Justin Holiday, KCP, and Reggie Jackson. It's really, really cool to see. Um, I loved, and 55555-ish says it here, huge trust move by Malone. Huge trust move to close with Peyton Watson. Like, he could have closed with anybody. Think about who was on the bench. Could have closed with Christian Brown. Usually would close with a guy like Christian Brown. He could have closed with Zeke Naji. I didn't think that he trusted Zeke. And I think that there's still some stuff that Zeke has to remember. But I do want to mention, in 12 minutes, Zeke Naji grabbed seven offensive rebounds. He also blocked three shots. It didn't feel good. And there were still some things that Zeke does where he just looks bothered out there. He doesn't look like he is playing the right brand. Not the right brand. That's the wrong wording. But there's still some things that he's trying to figure out. He could have gone with Julian Strother. I'm, I don't think that he should in that situation. I think Peyton Watson was the right guy. Just based off of how the game was being played. Based off of the physicality and the defense that they needed. Peyton Watson was the right guy for the job. But it was all about up here with Peyton. Peyton had to be ready for that moment. And he showed some readiness. And he missed a layup. And we'll give him a give him a pass for that. That's okay. But it was still really cool to see. And this is why Denver's culture is so good. This is, like I said, a championship reminder. This is like a something that can galvanize a team in a lot of different ways. This is going to provide change. This is going to provide some different things that I think a lot of people are going to remember back about this game. And it is funny that there is some kind of mirroring between when Denver did this exact thing last year. January 13th last year, they traveled to LA in the midst of what was a, I think, a win streak at that point. And we're like, you know what? We're not going to play Nicola. We're just going to play everybody else. Jamal, Mike, Aaron Gordon. Like, you guys are going to play. And we're going to see if we could get a win. And they did. Zeke Naji was a big deal in that particular game, if you remember. Very interesting to see. But it wasn't just that. It was like, hey, now now you're without Jamal and Aaron. Like, two guys that you counted on tremendously in that game. Aaron's usually Denver's primary Kawhi defender. And he does a great job most of the time. So it's interesting to see Denver task Michael Porter with that. They task Peyton Watson with that at times. They're like, you know what? Justin Holiday, we need you to switch on here. Reggie Jackson, we need you to do a good job. And those guys did a great job. It was very, very cool. And like I said, this is just one of those reminder games where you are a team that wins a championship, and it's not just your stars that win it. 
It's your entire team. And everybody learns those lessons. Some of them learn them better than others. Some of them are better equipped to apply them throughout the remainder of their careers. Jokic is going to be an all-time great. He's probably going to go down as a top 10 player of all time. Murray may go as the best player to ever uh, not make an all-star team. And also just the biggest playoff riser of all time. Those are two titles for him that may end up being true. And we'll see what happens with, with the rest of his career. And Aaron Gordon's the the perfect role player to step up in between those guys. But it's not just those three. It's not. And I do think that this could spawn some change. I do think that Reggie and DJ, like you probably have to go to that as a backup 1-5 combination going forward. Like you just you just have to see that for the next few games at least. Just to see, hey, can DJ do this? Or maybe this is more matchup-based where, okay, you get an actual traditional five as your backup center and the backup point guards, maybe those guys aren't like pull-up three-point specialists. The Clippers don't have pull-up three specialists. So maybe maybe that was just the right matchup for DJ. And maybe there are some more games coming up in the future where it makes a lot of sense. I think it could make sense against, well, probably not the probably not the Rockets. I think it could make sense against... Well, it's probably not going to make sense against the Suns either. The Kings, it could make some sense. They play a traditional backup five. And like Malik Monk will pull up a little bit. But like they're a good offense, but they're not a good defense. So maybe there's some things that Denver can do there. Um, they should definitely try this again against the Rockets. Jokic should come back. I think Murray will come back for that game tomorrow. I think he probably will. And Denver's going to get back to their normal rotation. I think the guys that are going to be coming off the bench for that rotation are probably Reggie, Julian Strother, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and DeAndre Jordan. I think you probably put the three wings, the three young wings, the versatile wings, in between that Reggie and DJ pick and roll. You say, all right, guys, let's see if you can recreate what just happened. And maybe they can. We'll find out. I'm looking forward to it. I don't think that Zeke will play. I don't think that Justin Holiday will play, although he probably should, if we're being honest. Um, he's certainly earned the right to play. But Denver, suddenly, when you when you have a bunch of young guys that continue to earn their time, continue to earn minutes, like you got to continue to run with them. And Justin Holiday will be there if Julian Strother struggles. He will be there if Peyton Watson struggles, or Christian Brown, frankly. Like, Christian's not infallible and he had a bad game this last game he continues to have a couple bad games maybe play him a little bit less and like you start to see who can kind of fit into the ecosystem that Denver needs so it's going to be fascinating to watch I'm really looking forward to this folks this has just been like last night was so fun it was such a fun moment for the Nuggets and it was probably the most fun that I have had watching a game since game four against the Lakers. That was great. Like <laughs> That was a great moment for sure. Don't want to disparage that one. But this is just one of those things. It's going to be a nice, healthy reminder throughout the year that Denver can do this. Denver needed that game last year against the Clippers where they played without Jokic as just kind of a reminder of, hey, we know that Jokic is the center of everything. We know that Jokic is the MVP. And he is amazing. He is going to be one of the greatest players to ever lace him up. Already is. 
But the team needs to have that confidence that they can win in those minutes without him, that they can operate in those pockets of time without their best player on the floor, that they have other options, that they can trust different people. And Reggie, I think, proved that. DeAndre, I think, proved that. And as Denver continues to find layers to this, they will continue to push forward too. So I'm looking forward to it. I think that this is going to be a great moment for Denver. And I'm just, I'm very excited for, like, this to me feels a lot closer to that December 8th win against the Portland Trailblazers, where Jamal Murray hits that buzzer beater. And it was like, okay, we know that he's back now. We know that he, like, there is a confidence level there. It's not always going to be perfect, but we know that that level is in Jamal. Like, he can get to that place. And the team can get to that place if Jamal is at that level. Now, you know that the team can operate without their stars. And that was, I think, a question. Like, with as as strong as the starting unit usually is and as weak as the bench unit usually is, this was a good reminder game that Denver's bench can do it. They can put together combinations of players that play great hoops. And I wonder if Denver kind of gets to that combination every now and then, where they put KCP and Michael Porter with Reggie, Justin Holiday and DJ, and they're like, you know what? This is a championship-winning lineup. We can go to this for four minutes, and we can be really happy with the results. So I'm looking forward to that. I think this is going to be a lot of fun, and we will see what happens going forward. But for now, folks, I think that is going to do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. Appreciate all the love and support on the podcast as always. I'll be back either... Wednesday night or Thursday morning. Haven't decided yet after that game, but the Nuggets will play the Houston Rockets on Wednesday night. And we'll see whether Jamal plays in that game. If he plays and he plays well and the Nuggets win, then maybe I will uh, podcast immediately after that one if I can. Uh, But I will be at that game. So it's going to be a late pod, uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Everybody, thank you so much. Hit that like button on the way out. Really appreciate all the love and support. We'll talk to you guys very soon.